Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 48 of the Lessons Learned podcast. It is Friday, November 6th when I'm recording this episode, and therefore I do not yet know the outcome of the election. However, it started trending very strongly in the way for Biden today, Biden and Harris, and therefore I am going to project that there is a decisive victory and obviously legalities and court cases and all of that is going to happen after this, but we are going to pretend like in this moment, there is the first woman of color, half Jamaican, half Indian vice president of the United States of America. And that just feels like possibility and therefore more feels possible and less constricted. And I just am in that sense of possibility in this moment. And today I shared on my Instagram uh, Starbucks gift card and there was dozens of you who treated yourself to Starbucks on me. And so that also brought me so much joy and I've been loving the TikToks that have been bringing me through this election season and sharing them with all of you and your DMs about how they're bringing you joy as well. And what I've learned this week, and I will also note that my back went out on election day on Tuesday, so I've been relatively immobile um, and just, you know, soaking things in through CNN and the news and TikTok and my phone and Instagram. But I've learned so much since the 2016 election. And on election night in 2016, I was in the Javits Center in New York City, where Hillary Clinton was supposed to give her victory speech. And she didn't even give her concession speech that night. I remember at 2 a.m., we were backstage, and then we got to be in the group of people that would have been behind Hillary on stage. Um, and someone came out and asked that we all make it home safely. It was time to, you know, end the night. We'll see how tomorrow goes. And I truly think that they did that to make sure that the thousands of us who were at the Javits Center that night did, in fact, make it home safely because um, it was an intense and scary night. And to look back on that we had just released dream girl um it was a very different climate white feminism was still kind of at the forefront we didn't fully have conversations about gaslighting and the like necessity of intersectionality it was kimberly crenshaw had you know introduced the concept i hadn't been introduced to it yet i didn't understand that there was a difference between you know the nuances within the feminist movement that me as a brown woman um there was just so much in the last four years that I've learned about my identity, how I show up, what I need as a brown woman, um, how I can best support black folks in being anti-racist myself and encouraging others to do so as well, holding my white friends accountable and just to a higher standard now that I had that awareness. So this last four years has taught me a lot. And within that teaching was you don't get your hopes up. And it's not even about getting hopes up. Stacey Abrams said this incredibly. Someone asked her, like, are you optimistic or pessimistic about this election? And as we know, she is, like, by far 
potentially, not even single-handedly, because she shared about all the organizers that she worked with, but she took on her love for democracy, her commitment to democracy um, in the state of Georgia and helped register 800,000 voters um, who voter suppression tactics were happening against. And it is, she said this, she said, I am neither pessimistic nor optimistic, I am determined. And therefore, I think for a lot of us, this election felt different because regardless of outcome, we would remain determined. Determined to be advocates, to continue our activism, to continue the important work that we are doing on a daily, just in our, in our bodies, with our lived experiences, whatever intersections of identity we exist with. And so that determination made this waiting period more bearable in a way because we weren't about to you know be pushed off the edge of our expectations like we were in 2016 we weren't about to be blindsided people showed us who they were four years ago we still had nearly 70 million americans vote for donald trump this time 55 percent of white women did vote for donald trump this time even in Asian American populations, very high percentages voted for Donald Trump. Like there's a lot of work still to be done. But the momentum that Trump and his um, folks had by being in the White House has been stopped or slowed down at this point. And that is cause for joy. And so I feel that joy today. And I am so grateful for the last four years, for feeling upset, frustrated, just like having the rug pulled out from under me in so many ways, because as you know, I was gaslit by my ex-white female co-founder. I've been able to support other women of color who recently have gone through similar experiences. It's as though like the naivete is gone. And you know, we talk about youthful optimism and youthful um, naivete. And I 100%, I, I had that. I am that. I, I saw the best in people, see the best in people, want the best for people, have been taken advantage of because of that way of being. But I believe I'm still all those things with just a little bit more pragmatism and being more realistic with how people actually behave. And so with that realism, if you will, it just feels like we are at such a good point to continue doing such critical and important work and without it needing to be the be-all end-all but just the steady work we are committed to day after day without the shininess that you know we once thought we wanted or needed just the commitment to progress in our little pockets of the world, to our activism, our advocacy, and continuing to push for more anti-racist policies, more dismantling of police and police states, and more looking at how we support our communities in really meaningful ways. How do we continue to uphold democracy in more inclusive ways? Um, today's topic for the show is actually looking at the concept of hygge, which comes out of uh, Denmark and is this like, how do we live this sense of coziness? And, and this author who writes about Hygge, his name is Mike Viking. And he says that Hygge is being consciously cozy. 
It's the art of creating a nice atmosphere and the pursuit of everyday happiness. But he also says that Denmark and the concept of hygge and their, you know, they are one of the happiest nations in the world, don't have the longest lifespan because as you'll learn, part of hygge is indulging and just letting yourself do what you love without worrying about it um, when it comes to food and consumption and things like that. But he says Denmark is what the U.S. would look like if Bernie Sanders was president, what democratic socialism allows for people to experience and feel, which is freedom, joy, happiness. Like even Canada, we are on that spectrum. But in Denmark, school is post-secondary school is covered by the state. There's so much that when our government supports us um, in our day-to-day life with accessible education, with public health care, all of these different things can allow us to be joyful, be happier. So when I look at the squad, when I look at AOC, Ilham, and the rest of the squad and what they represent um, for progress in the United States, I start to consider what does that look like here in Ottawa for me? What does that look like in Canada, where we consider ourselves so progressive? Where else can we continue pushing forward? And I know we think of ourselves as so progressive and we have so much work to do um, to support our Indigenous brothers and sisters and others in the community. We have so much work to do to support our, our fellow Black Canadians. We have so much to do to support South Asians in this country, to reconcile with so much of our history and to keep pushing for more. Um, and that's going to keep happening. But when we talk about hygge and when we talk about, you know, we're going to get more micro with this and looking at how can we really enjoy this winter? What can we do to best support ourselves to make sure our mental health is well during these winter months ahead with the pandemic as well? Um, there are macro implications of what it means to live hygge, to have a cozy life, to feel well, to feel happy. And I don't want to understate that. That is why there's so much joy when it comes to seeing the change in this election. Um, but also, you know, holding to account Biden and Harris um, to ensure that they listen to the progressives in the Democratic Party, the progressives who really really brought this election home and that we don't stay complacent just because the leadership is in that we want to be in doesn't mean you don't continue to lobby them and push for progress and change because so much needs to be continued to be changed so let's switch gears now let's talk about you how are you how are you feeling life has been such a trip in 2020 i'm curious when we're 10 15 years from now telling the next generation whether there are kids or our nieces or nephews or just young people in general what this period of time was like um even 20 30 years from now how are we going to look back on this and when i think of this winter period this next six months that we are in quarantine pandemic life transition for american government um winter dead of winter as we know it becomes here in ontario and in canada and in many parts of north america and and europe and most of the world actually <laughs> what like how am i wanting to remember this this these winter months i want to have enjoyed the shit out of them i want to have learned to how how to enjoy winter how to really figure out hygge and be cozy as shit and have had a lot of joy this winter. So let's do that together. 
And I have some ideas for how we can do that together. So experiencing winter during pandemic life really dawned on me when Mitch and I were were in the Rockies, when we took our eight days when we were back home in Alberta and went to Banff and Canmore and Jasper. And one night I just couldn't sleep because I was just thinking about, oh my God, we're going to go back to Ontario. We're going to be in lockdown. What is that going to look like? What does that mean for the winter months? And so I journaled about like six pages in my journal. And I just started with, and I'm going to suggest these journal prompts to you, a couple of questions that really helped me open up and open up to the possibility that winter could be enjoyable. But the way that it started was I had to brain dump and write out all the things I was most worried about this winter and all the things I was dreading most about winter. So putting pen to paper and getting all my fears, concerns, and worried about these winter worries about these winter months down on paper helped me process and come to terms with the fears that I had. And then for every fear and concern, it became my job to write out and brainstorm how can I reconcile, improve, or change that concern so that it doesn't bog me down, it doesn't freak me out, so that I don't succumb to that. Um, And I have a couple of tools for you to do the same. So again, first journal about what are you most worried about this winter? What are you most dreading? And then next to those things, so maybe one column is what you're dreading and the other column is how can I resolve those things? How can I, what's my action plan to curb that issue that I have in my mind? So for me, it came down to a couple of buckets. And a lot of this is material things. Like it's, it's, your, it's about your home. It's about what you're wearing. It's about how you're going to, what you need to move well in winter months. So we are going to be talking about a lot of material things this episode versus just the internal work that we usually talk about. Um, but it's really important, especially when you are, Maybe um, when your four walls are kind of it for you in the winter months because the outdoors might be on certain days, you don't want to go out there. So you have to make your home really your temple and your paradise. And my mom always said this to me. She's like, Grand Prairie is her paradise. And I'm, I never got it when I was growing up, but I get it now. It's because she's made her home a place she just is her sanctuary And I've learned that from her and have now been able to make my home my sanctuary. And even when we lived, you know, in our apartment in Brooklyn or our condo downtown here in Ottawa or my little shoebox apartment in Toronto, I made every home that I've had a sanctuary that I could be comfortable not leaving because I'm both a hermit and an extrovert. But the hermit in me and the introvert in me comes out more often than not. So I love being cozy in my space, regardless of the size that it is. So piece one to look at once you've journaled, journaled out those different pieces is clothing. So reassess. Do you have appropriate clothing to go outdoors? And I've seen memes go around where it's like, if someone tells me one more time that to enjoy the winter, I just need to get the right clothes, I'm going to lose it. But like, actually... Now that I live in the countryside and with my father-in-law and Mitch and our cousin Nathan out here in the country, um, Pops always says to me, he's like, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. 
And that can sound like such like a flippant thing to say, but like he's out hunting right now. And mind you, it is warm. We have this heat wave that's come to Ottawa. It is 20 degrees right now, but over the weekend it was not. And I saw him, he had two pairs of long johns, his camo on, his big boots, multiple socks, his big jacket. He built himself a little wooden shack to like go sit in all day to look and watch deer because like last year he did bring a buck home and um but a lot of the time when he goes hunting he just likes to watch the animals and especially this year because he hasn't been able to travel and go elsewhere seeing how much enjoyment he gets out of prepping for hunting season just being immersed in nature getting to watch animals connect with his family with uncle bill his brother and just really enjoy connection and coziness when he's in the midst of like a forest just watching animals. Yeah, I understand. There is no bad weather, just bad clothing and bad perspectives. Like we can honestly, um, we can put ourselves in negative headspaces when we have the opportunity to look at things in a different way. So clothing is one aspect of that. So when we consider, do I have the right clothes to be outside? Do I have um, the clothes that I need if I want to go for a walk each day? Because there are people who walk even in minus 40 degree weather. Um, do I have the right clothes to do that? And so that means, do I have my you know, snow pants? Do I have a jacket that fits me well, that I can move well in, that keeps me warm, but also if I get too warm when I'm moving outside, that I can you know, open the vents on the side of? Do I have my gloves in the pocket of my everyday jacket? Do I have a headband or a toque in the other pocket so that every time I go out, I know I have what I need if it's a little bit colder than I think it is. Um, outdoor clothing is a must. Now let's talk also about indoor clothing because y'all know <laughs> brands are doing right by us right now with all of the beautiful cozy clothing that has just come out. And I did a mini online shopping extravaganza for me because I don't often buy clothes. In fact, the sweatpants I'm wearing right now are about to have holes in the crotch because of how much I'm wearing them. I like to overuse my things that I buy, um, but I let myself indulge last weekend. My birthday's coming up. So this actually the day that you're listening to this is my birthday. Yay, I'm 31. Um, but so I let, I bought myself some clothing. Um, and so I was like, hey, audience, people, tell me, where do I buy the best sweatpants? I want to look like, you know, fashion sweatpants at home. Like right now I'm wearing a Hamilton t-shirt and very old Lululemon sweats. I got to up this at home game. So I went on Pinterest, looked at how people were wearing their sweats, looked, creeped a lot of people on Instagram and then landed on a couple of options, some that y'all sent me and some that I saw on Instagram myself. So I went with Cotton, K-O-T-N, um, which is a great uh, brand that does organic sourcing. I believe they're Canadian. And I bought a couple of sweatsuits from them, matching. So y'all are gonna see me in some mustard, sweatpants, sweatsuits, some burgundy, a couple of good t-shirts. I also love that oversize is in right now because when we get into the other parts of Huga, it is about indulging as I've shared. So according to Huga, it's like less about being concerned about your wellness and health, which is counter to things I've shared in the past, but we can take elements that we like from Danish culture around Huga and apply it with a lens of the things that matter most to us, which are health and wellness too, for me personally. 
So I got sweats from Cotton. I also did um, Nike. I bought uh, a couple pairs from Nike. I may or may not have gotten a velour tracksuit. Hello, early thousands. Hello, JLo days, but much cozier and oversized, which again, I am here for. So the first area to look at for me is cozy clothing and appropriate clothing for the outdoors because I don't want to be afraid to go outside even on a minus 20 day um, because I might need nature, fresh air on that day. So I need to prepare to be able to do that. And so next up is organize and purge. So we hear about spring cleaning, but I am a big proponent this year of a winter cleaning. So we are going to be hunkering down. What do you physically actually want and need in your space and what has to go What can be better organized? And for me, this actually looked like uh, going on Amazon and getting some cord containers because every night when we would sit down to watch TV, I could see under our TV console um, all the wires and cords. And it's a little thing, but the research shows us that when we're in disorganized spaces, um, even for those of us who notice more than others, um, it can increase likelihood of depression, of mental uh, health issues of weight gain, of different things. Just if you feel discontent in your space, it's like a little low hum in the background of your brain that's just like, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. So I really hunkered in on what are like the little things that I've been putting off. So one thing was in our kitchen. We have this um, little corner of a wall where a phone used to be. And so the phone jack is still visible. And for our grocery lists, Um, because I do the weekly grocery order on the PC Plus app so that we just go to the grocery store and they bring the food out and put it in our trunk since COVID times. Um, We would just do a list on the counter. But instead, what I did was I found an old frame that we had in our basement and I just put a white mat in the frame and then we turned it into a mini whiteboard and I put it on top of that phone jack. And it was a little thing that I was thinking about for a long time, but now we have a little whiteboard in our kitchen for our grocery lists for the winter and for us to list out our dinner plans for each night of the week. So we know what night we're doing takeout, we know what we're eating the other four nights. And it's really helpful just from like a brain perspective to like look forward to the week to know, okay, we're having steak on Friday night. Okay, we're doing takeout on Monday night. Okay, chicken salad is Wednesday. And it rallies our family around it and helps us all look and see it and celebrate it and look forward to it together, which is another part of Huga is connecting to the people around you. And if you're on your own too, this might be a nice way for you to plan out your meals for the week, your dinners for the week, and then figure out maybe I can do a dinner date with someone on Thursday night and we can have Zoom dinner together or FaceTime dinner together. Um, But it just helps you make little celebrations throughout your day. And so that was one change we did. I did, I got these cord boxes for under the TV stand and in the bathroom. I, um, I, am, I have a lot of face products, serums, all of that, and they just sit on the counter. And I was just like, I got to organize this better. And with like my, I have disposable, I'm, I'm working to get reusable um, toner wipes for my face. And so I got a little container for them that is clear and just makes everything look better than just having my little baggie on the counter. And then I got a little shelf for the bathroom counter uh, for me to organize all my stuff and put it away properly. And this is something I've been meaning to do for a long time. There's also one wire on our inside of our shower um, that holds all of our shampoos and conditioners and it had fallen off and I'd been meaning to super glue it. So I finally super glued it. Y'all are getting the point. It is look around. 
What are the little things that are just the low hum of discontent in the back of your mind? And how can you resolve them in your physical space? How can you make them better? Even for me getting the gazebo set up, um, it was kind of, you know, no one was really using it for a few years. And I was like, okay, make this a space you want to be in so that you take the 30 steps from your front door to just be in a different physical space. And I love it. I'm loving it so much. So these are some ideas around um, looking around, doing your winter purge, winter cleaning, bringing out your winter clothes, putting them, your brand new sweatsuits, getting them on display, putting them somewhere you like to look at them that brings easy access, and then getting organized, fixing things, and just looking around and being like, huh, I really love the space I'm in, which brings us to number three, which is assess what you need and desire in your physical space and make it cozy and warm. So one thing that I ended up switching this this last week, I usually when I wake up, go to the bathroom, do my thing, come back and sit in bed to meditate. But what I find in winter months is if I sit in bed to meditate, that can often turn into me having, not having as an efficient a morning routine as I want. And I stay in bed because I'm warm and it's cozy. And then I just go grab my phone and laptop and I start working in bed. There will be none of that this winter or a lot less of that. And so what I did was I just moved my laundry basket, which was in a corner of the room tucked away, moved it to another part of the room where it doesn't quite make sense, but it's less important than what I switched the space for. And I put some cushions on the ground and added um, this low um, table that my grandma gave me from her honeymoon with my grandpa to the Golden Temple. It's just this really cute little wooden small table put it beside the cushions on the floor, and now I have a little meditation corner in my bedroom. And nothing big needed to happen for that. I just needed to move a couple of things, and this is going to help me better have a better routine for myself for the winter. And I did it, I've used it this week a few times, and oh my goodness, it makes such a difference because I do my meditation, I'm already on the floor, I open my eyes, I can do my journaling, and then I can start stretching because I'm already on the floor instead of cozy in bed not wanting to move and get my body going. So that little shift in my physical space is going to make a world of difference. The other things that you can think about is good, warm lighting. So as you can see, I've got my twinkle lights everywhere I go. I've got salt lamps everywhere I go because that warm light is like an embrace. I always say this to my team when we build new products or create new experiences. I want you all to feel like you're in my living room on my big red couch with me and there's a roaring fire going and we have glasses of wine and we're just hanging out and talking and just jamming about life. And that is like, that is the vibe of my entire life. That's what I want my life vibe to be, the programs that you do with me to be, our time together here through the podcast to be. That is my goal and dream. And so I highly suggest you consider how can I make my space warm even if you're a minimalist even if you like things to be you know you know a little bit more empty you know just a little I don't want to say cold but you know what I mean like it's a I don't I don't know a lot about design styles but it's a different type of design style consider for the winter months bringing in warmth bringing in blankets throw blankets pillows Um, If you look on Society6, there's a lot of great artists whose prints you can actually get on pillows and blankets. I actually, for my meditation nook, purchased another throw pillow of Morgan Harper Nichols that just says breathe. And she's an artist that I love. She's the artist who I realized I could do digital art because of how she showed her tutorial with Adobe Sketch, um, which helped me through the early winter months of COVID. 
So that's actually one I don't have on my list, but finding a hobby that you adore to do. But that's part of this coziness of your space, like puzzles, board games, good lighting. Um, Just think, what can I, what have I been putting off that I can get that can make this space feel like a warm hug to me? And do that and do it unabashedly. So first was clothing, good indoor and outdoor clothing. The second was organize and purge and get what you need to like, from a practical standpoint, get that low hum of stuff that bothers you in the back of your mind off your to-do list. The third is assess what you need and desire in your physical space and make it cozy and warm. Fourth, indulge, but be mindful of spiraling. And I've worked with a lot of health practitioners and people are on different sides of the fence. Some are like, never indulge, never eat the bad things. And then you have other folks who are like, moderation and, you know, figure out what's right for you. And again, I shared last week, I am, I've put on the COVID-15. I'm being mindful about how that makes me feel, what that means to me, what, how I'm processing the weight gain that I've had. But I also know that right now, A lot of us are going through decision fatigue and are feeling like we don't have the willpower that we need and our cups are not full enough for us to make really big life goals, um, which for a lot of people like myself is includes weight loss. So I'm being mindful of that. Um, But what I was so interested about Mike Viking is he's very much like shared that for the Danes, it's like you do it and you do it unabashedly. Alcohol, cake, sweets, um, you do what you need to to enjoy the fact that you're indoors with your people. Um, drink beer, have your wine. And I'm sharing this because it's part of Huga. I'm not necessarily endorsing it or not. It's something I obviously feel like I'm figuring out my relationship with it for the winter. But I just wanted to share it to say, if you are indulging, indulge. Just as long as you are aware that you're not spiraling, using it as a coping mechanism, or if you are using it as a coping mechanism, knowing and having awareness that you are, so that it doesn't spiral out and lead you into a shame spiral. So indulging. This one is really interesting. And another piece that Mike shared is that for Danes, they are highest in terms of happiness indicators as a nation across Europe, but their life expectancy isn't the highest. And that's where you have to ask yourself too of the trade-off of like life enjoyment versus potential length of life. And this is something we were looking at in my positive psychology program of like the Okinawans and the blue zones in the world where people live the longest, what are the indicators that make them live the longest? And it is connection to your community. I may have talked about this last week, but connection to your community. Um, So Okinawans, they grow up and they have like eight friends who are their friends for life. And then movement every day incorporated in your days, which in winter months can be hard for folks, which is why outdoor appropriate clothing is so good because it can help you maintain and build your routine of getting in the movement that you want every day, especially in quarantine. Um, So those are two key parts. And then um, the sense of ikigai. So what is that purpose in your life, which we're going to come to later around goals and, and what's pulling you forward during this time. But so number four, of our list of things to help us enjoy winter and lean into Higa is indulge, but be mindful of spiraling. Number five is choose and plan to make movement easy for you. So this is indoor and outdoor movement. I did, I did a thing as it, the TikTok goes, we bought a Peloton and I bought it with the payment plan, which means I'm paying like $128 a month for like three years to pay 
for the bike while we go through. And if I can pay it off faster, that's fine. But I just did not feel up to a $4,000 purchase all at once. Um, and so, but I knew that it would be a really good cardio option for Mitch and I and our mental health for the winter because we were biking a lot in the summer. And we've had it for a week. And Mitch did the Hamilton ride last night. And I did a ride with Ali Mislove last week. And holy shit, game changer. Total game changer. Mitch, when he got off the bike last night, he's like, when was the last time you ever saw me this sweaty after doing cardio in our gym space? And I was like, never. Because we usually focus on weights and um, strength training um, because it's a smaller space. We don't have a lot of space for cardio um, or and we weren't doing a lot of hit either. So in terms of cardiovascular health for us, the Peloton was what we needed to be able to do that. And the payment plan made that possible and easier for us to do. But even if you have an old bike or something that you find online, you can still sign up for Peloton classes to do it with the bike or whatever the equivalent looks like to you that brings you joy, whether it's dance classes, whether it is just hits, hit videos from YouTube, yoga with Adrian, make it easy and accessible so that you're more likely to do it. And then when it comes to outdoor activities, what we did was we put our skis, we have cross-country skis and snowshoes. And last winter, I couldn't find them. The year before, we had done, had our wedding and we had to move a bunch of stuff around and I couldn't find our skis and snowshoes and the shoes that go with my skis. And I did not do any of these things growing up. I am a brown woman who grew up in Grand Prairie, Alberta, which yes, is rural, but I really grew up in the suburbs. I was not snowshoeing. I was not cross-country skiing. I was not enjoying winter outside. You would go from your vehicle to whatever building you were at back into your vehicle into the garage at home like there was no outdoorsing for me a lot when I was young other than sledding with my family over the holidays um so this is new to me but what I did was as soon as we got home from Grand Prairie um we were organizing stuff outside and I put a little bin by the front door so all of our outdoor activity stuff is available and right there so once we get enough snow um we are just going to be equipped to be able to go outside and enjoy winter and so do the same for you. What do you need by your front door when you walk outside to enjoy your walk or enjoy whatever it is that you're going to embark on and do in the outdoors? The other thing I'll add here is I am in physical pain right now. My back is out. It's been out since Tuesday, which it's been four days. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to recover from this spasm. I've become much more like mentally tough when it comes to illnesses and injuries to know that However long it takes, I'm just going to do what I can and keep a positive perspective. In, and mind you, I have had my moments of crying with Mitch and just being like, why again? Why is this happening? It's my birthday this week. The weather's so nice. Why am I not able to move as well? Um, and I just want to shout out those who are living with chronic illness or who have a lot of pain right now, that it fucks with your quality of life and that there's, it's just hard. And so I see you and I feel you. And these are things that I'm still doing, keeping in place, um, knowing that, you know, the endo hits hard once a month, that, you know, the lethargy from my Hashimoto's is going to be a part of this equation for me. But I can still plan for when I have energy, when I do feel up to it, when I am pain free, um, so that it makes it easier on those days. And it makes the hard days have a little bit of like possibility for activity, movement, whatever that looks like. All right. So next up is focus on love, fun, joy, and connection. Schedule your Zoom time with your family. Schedule those dinner dates with your friends on Zoom, with people in your bubble. Um, isolation is so easy for us right now. 
something that we're going to see is people are going to have to relearn how to be around each other, how to feel compelled to go out because it's easy to stay home right now. Um, so continuing to maintain your social schedule, taking the time to really connect with your friends and family, check out We're Not Really Strangers, the game, and maybe have a game night with your family where you're asking each other these really important, meaningful questions. I don't know about you, but for me, quarantine, even though I physically have been away from a lot of people that I love, um, and, you know, we got to go back to Alberta, so I got to be with my family, but it's just a deeper connection, I feel like, with the ones that I truly, really deeply love. And it's deepened those connections. And I want to keep deepening those connections. So connect. Part of Huga is the coziness of relationship, the coziness of being in love and joy with another person. So I encourage you to do that. Next up is schedule your mental health support and needs. So I've kind of been haphazard with my therapy appointments. But as I go into book writing mode, I know that I'm going to need support. I'm going to need mental support, mental health support, because when I'm writing about really hard topics about my life, part of my resiliency is that when I'm done something, when I've overcome something, my mind, I've been able to work with enough, enough mental health specialists. Um, and just like how my perspective and my mind works is I don't stay there. I don't stay stuck in the cancer recovery, in the recovery from the neurological illness, in the grief from that loss, in the trauma from that experience. Yet, when I go into book writing, I'm going to head back to those memories and those experiences. So I know for me, I'm going to need more consistent uh, therapy and mental health support. Um, and so I'm going to schedule that just to prevent, especially in the dark months, um, a spiraling happening from that. So I suggest the same to you. You don't have a therapist yet? Check out Brown Girl Therapy and other therapy accounts online. They have suggestions re and highlights and resources for you to find a therapist. Um, and just get in place what you need to stay well. Like, do it. You know it. You just got to write about it, write it out, make your plan, and put it into action. And I'm going to shout out your best year at this point because we are doing this virtual year planning re retreat, December 5th and 6th, where we're going to carve out four hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday for you to celebrate all the great that you did this year. Everything we survived together, we're going to celebrate together, acknowledge it, own it. We're going to assess where we are in our present. And then on Sunday, we're going to make our plan for 2021. So let's do that together. And that isn't going to be a holistic plan for you, inclusive of what it is you want to do with your activism in your life, what it is you want to do with your work in your life, your personal life, which is going to include your mental health support and strategy for yourself. So shout out to your best year, which is coming soon. So stay tuned for that and um, get on prioritizing your mental health strategy for the winter months. List your favorite movies, shows, podcasts, books. Make your media list of all the things you want to consume this winter and then consume it unabashedly. We are working through suits right now. I'm excited for every shitty holiday movie that Netflix is going to put out. I am here for another Harry Potter marathon, which Mitch and I did at the beginning of quarantine, but the holiday season beckons for Harry Potter marathons. Even though I am conflicted about, not even conflicted, unsupportive of J.K. Rowling and her anti-trans stance, um, I, anyways, that's another another place to go. But choose your content that is values aligned with you. Make your list. 
consume it unabashedly. I've got books online lined up. I've got movies. I've got shows. I've got music. We, we purchased a record player so that we can mindfully listen to music and just like indulge in a record every so often. And so I've got a lineup of, of records that we want to listen to on a couple of nights a week. Get your board game nights lined up with yourself or your friends online or your family. We do Monopoly deal once a week. So getting back into like that ritual and routine of indulging in media and entertainment because I love that shit. So finally, the last one. I'm going to do an overview of this list again because it's long, but I just wanted to give you all of this because what else are you doing right now? Let's get cozy. Let's do our huga for the winter. You're here with me. So the first, again, clothing. Second, organize and purge. Third, assess what you need and desire in your physical space. Make it cozy and warm. Number four, indulge and but be mindful of spiraling. Number five, choose and plan to make movement easy for you. Six, focus on love, fun, joy, and connection. Seven, schedule your mental health supports and needs for the winter months and think long term. Like get on that weekly cadence, make it easy for your brain. Schedule as much as you can and have it recur consistently. I'm going to do that again because I burped. Schedule as much as you can and have it recur consistently. And then finally, pick goals that make you come alive. So for me, I'm focusing on writing my book over this next six months because there's no better time than now. And this is a goal that's going to help motivate me, pull me forward, compel me forward through these hard months, through these winter months. And it's, I, I believe it's going to make my winter so enjoyable it's going to be an excavation of myself, my soul, my stories, my life, and putting it into words and having the support system I need to do it in a healthy, positive way, from my mental health support to working with two folks who are wonderful. Uh, we're we meeting weekly. I give them what I write each week, and then they help me assess it and figure out my next steps in writing. It feels like the right goal for me. So what is the right goal that's going to pull you forward through this period of time, through this intense few months that are ahead? What's the goal that's going to be enough to help you make this joyful, fun, enjoyable? I know there's a goal in you. And so take the time to journal and write out what it might be. So for me, as I shared, book writing is a big one. Being back in school, although it feels overwhelming in this particular moment because of election week, I'm really happy I have this as a through line so that I can keep nourishing my mind and through reading other things, be inspired on the book writing side as well. It gives me more research um, and more to share with you in the book when, when it comes to life. And then finally, my last goal is my movement and my body. And I'm figuring out how to be specific and make that a measurable goal. Is it a weight loss goal? Is it a movement goal? Is it a tracking everyday goal? Is it all of the above? Um, putting my back out this week made me feel like a little bit like off on that one. Um, but it also makes me appreciate the little movement that I can do. And it's helping me realize I need to be more specific, intentional with what this goal is for me. So picking goals that make you come alive. It helps with hygge because it helps you stay in joy, coziness, and it gives purpose to all the things that you're creating in and around your space for yourself. And your goal might be to have the most enjoyable winter, and that might be enough of a goal. But we're going to figure this out and take time to journal on this. But this is also something we're going to dive into in your best year, December 5th and 6th, our virtual year planning retreat. 
So this is it for me this week. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about the election and advocacy and how we're committed and determined to remain on this path of action and progress and activism and how the macro aspects of how a government runs a country of democratic socialism is so helpful in, in terms of allowing us to implement a life of hygge and feeling joy and connection and cozy and safe. And then how now we apply hygge to our day-to-day -day life in these winter months and how we might together make, when we look back on this period of time in the pandemic, the second wave, the winter months of this coronavirus pandemic, 2020 into 2021, what if we looked back and said, that was one of the best winters I ever went through? because I made sure to enjoy it, to implement Hygge, to make it cozy, fun, loving, with goals that made me come alive. What might that look like? Let's figure that out together. Thank you all for joining me this week. I can't get this smile off my face. Stay tuned for more Starbucks gift cards from me to you on Instagram. Um, head over to follow me at Komal, K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S on Instagram if you don't already. Um, also, please, please, I'm in this giving mood and I hope to receive from you a review of this show if it has helped you in any way, shape or form. The biggest service you can do for us right now is to leave a review on iTunes. And that's all for me this week. Until next week, actually... This Thursday, I'm going to be interviewing Glennon Doyle at the Atelier Collective Beyond 2020 Gathering. So if you are interested in hearing me interview Glennon Doyle, Rosemary Sadlier, who advocated for Black History Month in Canada, and so many others, Angela Duckworth, who's the writer of Grit, who is one of my, who is part of the uh, Department of Positive Psychology at UPenn that I learn at, Sarah Lewis, who is a Harvard-educated, incredible human, these are all people that I'm going to be engaging with, having interviews with, because I am the day host of the event. So if you're interested in joining, check out the Atelier Collective Beyond 2020 Gathering. And I hope that you will be there because it's going to be an inspirational day about resiliency, grit, everything that helps us move through this season as well. But on that note, now I'm actually going to sign off. I hope you have the best rest of your day. Take time for you. Do some of this journaling. The journal prompts are available, gomal.com slash 48 to get the journal prompts. And I just hope I'm just sending you so much of my heart and my love and possibility and joy for this season ahead. Until next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Gomal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye!